Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 548 for the 4th of Sivan in a regular year. So there's a story about a baseball coach, which I read in a book a while back. Unfortunately, I can't remember which book it was. So, uh, and thus I'll probably get some of the details wrong as well. But if this story sounds familiar to you in any way, and you happen to know the source for it, please do let me know because I'd, I'd love to know that source. But anyhow, so the story goes that there was this baseball coach that taught uh, little league baseball and he he, you know, he would start off his practice every time with the boys, having them run laps around the field. And they would run laps for a good, you know, 10 minutes or so, uh, maybe even a little bit longer. And then after that, they would do some push-ups and sit-ups and a bunch of warm-up exercises. And only after doing all of these things would they get to playing the game and working on actual baseball techniques. So in the beginning, you know, the boys went along with this and they figured, okay, this is their coach. This is what they have to do. But after a while, they started to get kind of impatient and they started to think to themselves like, okay, you know, like we know how to run laps around the fields. That's not what we're here for. We're here to play baseball. And this seems kind of extra. It seems like maybe you're you know, just wasting time or something, you know, like what, what, what's this all about? And are we going to have to like, when, when can we uh, cut to the chase and get to the good stuff and, um, and stop running these laps? Like we know how to run laps already. So the coach, rather than give them an answer, said to them, you know, let's go on a field trip. So he arranged a field trip with the boys to go to uh, to have a very exclusive viewing of one of their favorite professional teams practice. So as you can imagine, they were really excited to get this really exclusive behind the scenes view of everything. And, uh, and so they go to the practice and they get to the receipts and they're all excited to, you know, see what do the Dodgers do? You know, what kind of tips and tricks are they going to pick up? And what did they see? Lo and behold, the Dodgers begin to run laps around the field, <laughs> not unlike the, the laps that these little boys were running. And they did this for a good while for just similar amounts of time that the boys run laps, 10 minutes, maybe even 15 minutes or so. And after the laps, did they begin to play baseball? No, they started to do push-ups and sit-ups and actually the same exercises that the boys themselves were doing. And only after doing all of this, did they begin to practice their actual baseball. So the boys were really amazed at this and they came back to their own practice afterwards with a renewed vigor, uh, realizing that if you know these laps and, and preparatory exercises were good enough for the Dodgers, then they were good enough for them, right? And the basic lesson that the coach was trying to teach them was this idea 
of beginner's mind, which is going to be the subject of today's podcast, that no matter how advanced you get, no matter how professional you are, no matter how much of a quote unquote expert you are, you should never uh, deviate too far from the basics. You always have to keep those basics in mind and always think of yourself in a certain sense as being a beginner. I had a similar personal experience with this when I transitioned into a a new yoga style after practicing yoga for a good 20 years, um, practicing primarily something called power yoga. And, uh, and when I you know, discovered this new style and I went to this new studio, then um, upon meeting the teacher you know, and discussing with the teacher my background and who I am and everything, the teacher told me to come back the next day at 9 a.m. because that's when the beginners come. And I took this as a grave insult, you know, and I said, uh, hey, hello, like I've been practicing yoga for 20 years now. Um, You know, I I don't consider myself to be a beginner. And the teacher retorted and said, you should always think of yourself as a beginner and just just show up at 9 (laughs) a.m. So long story short, I did come at 9 a.m. the next day. And what I learned from this practice and one of the things that really appealed to me about this other style of yoga is that it really did cultivate within me the concept of a beginner's mind where at the end of the day you know as uh as as uh, advanced as one can become whether it's in yoga or sports or otherwise we always want to stay with the beginner's mind we always want to return to the basics and have this kind of baseline assumption that we're starting from scratch we're starting from nowhere we cannot take any of our knowledge any of our skills for granted because if we do so that puts us into very dangerous territory so to relate this to the tanya Well, we're going to be talking about what this means, beginner's mind, cultivating a beginner's mind, when it comes to our service of God. And to do so, we're going to be looking at a new section of the Tanya today. So yesterday we we concluded the first portion of the Tanya, the first book of the Tanya, which is known as Likute Amarim, a compilation of teachings. And now we're moving on to another portion of the Tanya known as Shar HaYuchad Vahamuna, the gate of unity and understanding, which is going to kind of give us like an intellectual understanding to the extent that we're able to understand it of God, of the way God interplays with the world, the world around us, the purpose of the world, you know, all these kind of like deep existential ideas that, uh, you know, that we that are good to know in our service of God. But before we get to that section, today and tomorrow's section are actually gonna be, uh, there's there's a little kind of like addendum that's put in the Tanya that's sort of like a little intro to that. It's a little kind of mini book within these books, which is known as Chinuch Katan, which literally translates to mean the education of a child. Meaning to say, we're gonna talk about what the, edu- the education of a child should entail, you know, and kind of like a very, um, not in extreme detail, but kind of like the essentialness of the education of a ch- that we want to instill in a child in terms of serving God and the importance of this educational education of a child that actually, as we'll see, relates to our entire lives, even after we're no longer children and how the education that's instilled in us as, a ch- as uh, children is something that we need to keep in mind throughout our lives, regardless of our spiritual standing, even if we're on a very, very high level, and we're very mature, so to speak, spiritually speaking. So, so simply put, this is really the idea of cultivating a beginner's mind. What does this mean? So just like with the Little League team that, you know, their beginner's mind involved running these laps time after time after time in the beginning of their practice, with my yoga practice, 
then yes, I do advance in my process and I am learning new poses as I go and being able to do more advanced things. But I always begin at the same place that anybody would be starting with, even if they were a total beginner. We all start in the same place. We all do these same poses day after day after day. Um, regardless of where we're holding in the practice. So what does this mean spiritually? What are these spiritual laps that we need to run kind of? And so as we'll see, the spiritual beginner's minds, the, the um, beginner's mind that we want to cultivate in children uh, and that we want to keep with us throughout our lives uh, in order to serve God properly is uh, cultivating a deep sense of love and fear of God. And as we'll see, love and fear of God have, and we've already talking, spoken about this actually quite a bit in throughout Likutea Marm, but there are many levels to loving and fearing of God. So depending on how spiritually sensitive a person is, depending on the level of their soul, depending on the amount of knowledge that they have, the way that one person loves and fears God is going to look very different than the way another person loves and fears God. The way a child loves and fears God and their understanding uh, of God is going to be very different than a a great Rebbe, let's say a great Sadiq or something like that, a great Talmud Chacham, who has a much wider and greater understanding of God. Nevertheless, as we'll see, it's very essential and important that no matter how uh, high a person gets, no matter how advanced a person is in their learning or in their um, service of God, their connection with God, even like a real tzaddik who, as we'll see, attains this really lofty level of love and fear of God, which for most of us is actually not something that we'll ever attain or that we'll ever be privy to, they nevertheless need to never lose sight of this original education that they got in their youth about the fundamental ways to cultivate this love and fear of God on a very basic level. So again, so while it's really great to cultivate higher and higher and loftier levels of loving and fearing God, at the same time, we never want to let go of the more basic levels of love and fear of God. Which, is, which are kind of like these essential commandments. And as we'll see, love and fear of God actually encompass all of the commandments of the Torah with love encompassing all of the positive commandments of the Torah and fear encompassing all of the transgressions of the Torah. And so now the question might come up for you is how is this when we talk about commandments and uh, loving and fearing God, how how is this possible? Like how can you command somebody to have an emotion, to have a feeling of love or of fear? So we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about how the basic levels of love and fear actually are things that can be cultivated, that we do have the power to instill within ourselves. And it's only those higher levels that aren't necessarily within our power. They come about more as a gift. So what we want to really focus on is really sticking to the basis, basics, really trying to continuously cultivate those basic levels of love and fear of God, which really are those, you know, childlike in a way, loves and fears, but not childlike in a bad way, but rather in a way of like, these are the fundamentals. This is the beginner's minds that we want to return to over and over and over and over throughout our practice, throughout our de the development of our relationship with God. So with that being said, let's get into the text and see how the Altar Rebbe explains all of this. So the Altar Rebbe begins here this section and he starts off with a heading where he says that this is Likutei Amarim, the second part of Likutei Amarim, which is called Chinuch Katan. So this is again, Chinuch Katan is the education of the youth. And the altar says that this is this section has been compiled from different authors and from different books that uh, of people who have passed away, 
may their souls their souls are in gun aden right now and it's mainly based upon the very first paragraph in the shema prayer which is so this is an allusion to Sharia Chodva which is going to come up tomorrow. That's when we're going to start the, the proper book. It's really based around that, that the Shema prayer, the very beginning of the Shema prayer, which talks about God's unity um, and, and what that means and in terms of creation and in terms of himself and our relationship with him. But in order to understand this and in order to get there to that, to to beginning with the Shema. Today, we're actually going to focus a little bit elsewhere. We're going to focus on a different citation, one that I mentioned in the beginning from Mishlei. So this comes from Mishlei, chapter 22, verse 6, where it says, So literally that means, educate a child according to his ways so that even when he gets older, it will not depart from him. So the... Alter Rabbi here asks a question on this. He says, when we say educate a child according to his ways, this is this seems to imply that we're educating him not in a true truthful way. So like I mentioned previously in the introduction, so it's like, think about when you teach a, a preschooler about any subject. Let's say you're teaching the, a preschooler about animals and different types of animals. So this is going to be like very different than if you were to teach like biology students about animals, right? So it's like we're really dumbing down the material in order to suit the preschooler. So it seems to imply that like this, it, we're not giving the preschooler the full picture. So if this is the case, if we're just educating the ch child according to his youth, according to what he's capable of comprehending, comprehending, why do we want them to remember this when they're older? Why, why do we want them to, to this to stick with them when they get older? What's the merit of this? That's the question that the, the altar rabbi asks. And so now to answer this, the altar rabbi goes on a Another little tangent here, and he says that to understand this, we know that the source of serving God and the foundation of serving God is fear and love of God, right? So we talked about this previously in Tanya, and we talked about how, why is this? Because the fear of God, this is the source and root of of staying away from bad things, from evil things. And Ava, love, is the source and root for asetov, for doing the positive commandments and keeping all of the positive commandments, whether it's rabbinical or whether it's biblical, as will be explained later on. So again, when the altar of says, as will be explained later on, this is because originally this section was intended to be before Likutamar. So basically just to recap this, and this is again, things we've we learned about previously, is that the source and root of state that that when we're serving God, the the whole idea of serving God is keeping the 613 commandments that God gave us. And the 613 commandments are divided up into positive commandments, like proactive things that we need to do, and negative commandments, prohibitions, things we need to stay away from. And the root of keeping the positive commandments is developing our love of God because the more we love God the more we're going to want to proactively serve him and the root of staying away from transgressions and not doing the things that God does doesn't want us to do is fear fear of God because when we fear God when we have a sense of reverence and awe of God this will prevent us from going against God's will and now in brackets then the Alter Rebbe here says that the mitzvah of chinuch, so there's a mitzvah to educate your child, this is chinuch, is also one of the positive commandments, as is written in the Arachayim Siman Shin Mem Gimel. So that's just like a nice little 
thing that the altar of is adding here is that speaking of positive commandments and negative commandments and serving God and all of that. Well, the subject of what we're learning about today is the idea of educating our youth. And that is, uh, and that is also a positive commandments, which thus we'll see is very much connected to love as we'll see loving God. So loving God. So that's, that's what the altar of is going to get into now. So the altar of says here that at the end of Parsha's Ekev, then there there's then it what does it say it says and this is written for context it's dvarim chapter 11 verse 22 it so it says here i meaning god i'm commanding you to do it to love god so the altar Rebbe asks a question about this we have to understand this he says what does this mean to do to love god <laughs> like when we when you love, when we think of love, we think of love as an emotion. It's something I feel. It's not something that I can actively do. I can't tell myself, love this thing. Like if I like chocolate, I like chocolate. If I don't like chocolate, I don't like chocolate. And as much as I tell myself, like the chocolate, just like the chocolate, I'm not going to like the chocolate. We only love what we love. So how can we say that there's something proactive about love? So the altar of says to understand this, we have to understand that there are actually two different types of love of God. And so if you've been following on in the podcast episode so far, you probably recognize that there's actually a lot more than two types of love of God. We went through a whole bunch of them throughout our learning. However, in general, they can be placed into two general categories. And this is what the altar is going to focus on today. So the first one, says the altar is the idea of the kaluta nefesh betiv'a, al-bor'a. So what this means is that this is where the soul naturally wants to expire in its source, in its, in its creator. So how does this happen? This happens when the nefesh hasichlas, the intellectual soul, rises up and overcomes the materiality of the body and it subdues it and, and lowers it. So, and then what happens is that through the subjugation of the body and the materiality, this will ignite a flame which will light up of its own accord and with a lot of excitement. And it will cause the soul to really become very joyous in God and rejoice in God, its maker. And it will derive a lot of pleasure in God and in all of this. So it's really, so this is talking about somebody who is uh, this very spiritual type of person who derives a lot of pleasure and a lot of happiness in God and in, in its creator. And then the altar says, who is it that merits this type of feeling, this type of love of God that's on such a high level, which is called Avarabha? These are the tzaddikim. And this is alluded to, says the altar in the verse in Tehillim, which is from Tehillim chapter 97, verse 12, where it says, that the tzaddikim will rejoice in you. So this is not something, says the Altar that every person merits. This is something that is very specific to certain individuals, this high level of love of God, which is like a flame that arises in its own accord. In order to attain this level, we need a very a tremendous amount of refinement of the material on a, to a great extent, and also a lot of Torah and a lot of good deeds, like a, a, like plentiful amount of this like so not something that just like a regular person does we're talking about somebody who's on a very very high level with all of this kind of stuff in terms of the refinement of their bodies and in terms of the amount of Torah they learn the amount of good deeds they do this is what's going to 
merit a person to receive such a lofty neshama, which the neshama level is higher than the levels of ruach and nefesh. So, and then the altar rabbi says that this is explained more at length in the Rishit Chochma, in the gate talking about Ava, the Shahava. Okay, so that's level one. That's that's the first type of love that the altar was talking about. Then we have the second type of love. And what's the second type of love? The second type of love is a type of love which every person can attain. And how could they attain it? They could attain it through meditation. When a person really takes the time to really meditate from the depths of their heart about those things which cause them to, which will arouse this feeling of love towards God in every single Jew, this can get them to this level of love. So this makes sense, right? So it's just like when we're talking about chocolate before, so maybe that's not the best example because that's just like a matter of taste. But let's say if we're talking about a person, let's say your spouse, let's say your your child, your parent, whatever it is, if you want to arouse feelings of love towards a particular individual, if you really take the time to sit and think and use your intellect about all the good things about them, all the things that you really appreciate about them, the good things that they've done for you, this most likely is going to arouse feelings of love in you towards them, right? And so the Altarabbas says that this is exactly what we need to do in terms of God in order to arouse the second level of love, which we can all attain. So, and what is the meditation about? Like how, how, what kind of things should we be meditating upon to get to this level of loving God? So first of all, we can meditate in a, in a ge- general way. So this is called Klal in Hebrew. And that, and this general meditation is if we really think about the fact that God is our actual life force. And just like every person loves their self, their soul and their life, thus they should love God when they really focus on the facts that the tr- within their heart that H- Hashem is their true nefesh, their true soul, and their true life. As is written in the Pasuk, uh, as, as the Zohar explains on the Pasuk, nafshi iviticha v'gomel. So this is from Yeshayahu chapter 26, verse 9, where it says, my soul, I desire you. So what is the soul that we desire? This is God, really, because God is the source of our soul. So we had discussed this in previous episodes. We actually had a whole episode about this idea, about how one way that we can tap into a certain natural love of God that we all have as Jews is by recognizing how much we love our lives and ourselves and how much we don't want to die and we want to stay alive. Because when we really tap into that in a real way, we can start to recognize that really God is our ultimate life. God is truly the source of our lives. We are nothing without God. He's the one sustaining us. So if we love our lives so much, really the logical translation of this is that we will love God. So this is the general meditation we can do in this like very kind of like general sense and think about like God in this way of being the source of all life. And then another type of meditation we can do, teaches the Alter Rebbe, is in a more particular way. This is Del Prat. When a person really will think about and meditate upon the greatness of God in a very particular way. And so what this means is that we really, it's, it's about really expanding our intellect and really using our intellect to its fullest ability and really taking the time to meditate in detail and like analyze, like it's sort of like if you wanted to really understand like a scientific paper and you wanted to understand all the nuances that are contained within that scientific paper and every detail, every statistic. So this is what we're trying to do when we talk about the partic- particular way of like meditating upon God in this very particular manner to really use our intellect to its fullest extent and even try to reach above our intellect. And so this type of meditation that we do in this particular way 
So when we meditate upon God in this particular way, like thinking about God in all of his particularities, like basically learning chassidus, which is what we're doing right now, then this will this can then lead to meditating upon God's great love for us. So this great God that we learn about in chassidus and in all these details, and we develop this like certain like appreciation for who God is and to the extent of our ability to understand and also to realize that what we don't understand, then we start to realize that this amazing great God, he came from his lofty place and he went down into Egypt, which is called Ervata Aretz. This is like the lewdness of the earth, like the lowest, Egypt was really thought about, thought of being the lowest point of the earth, the most impure place of the earth. And he took our souls out of the iron crucible, it's called the Kura Barzel, which is really, this is an allusion to the Sitra Achra, Rahman and Islam. This is the, the other side. Like basically, when we were trapped in Egypt, we were considered to be in the lowest of low states. It wasn't just about our physical enslavement by the Egyptians, but we actually, spiritually speaking, we were in a state of like very, very low, very low impurity. And what did God do? God took us out. He came down to that place of the low impurity and he took us out of there to bring us close to him and to have us cleave to his soul, his, his name. And when we say his name, him and his name are one. So he wanted us really to be connected to to him to the extent that he actually elevated us from the lowest depths of impurity to the highest points, to the utmost level of Kedusha, of holiness. And to the point of where to his greatness, there's no end and there's no limit. And so when we really think about this, when we really think about how much God loves us, to what extent he went down to redeem us out of Egypt, then we'll have this experience of kemaim hapanim elapanim. So this is a verse from Mishle, chapter 27, verse 19, which we had spoken about before. We, again, we had a whole episode about this, about this idea that if you look into water, if you then what you'll see in the water is your own face because the water reflects whatever it is that's looking at it. And so this is similar to how our expressions work with men. Like we mirror each other so that it's like when we look at another person and we see that that other person loves us, this is going to arouse within us feelings of love. So when we recognize how much God loves us, this will reckon, this will bring out feelings of love within ourselves for God as well. And so this is exactly what the altar says, is he says that this meditation and contemplation upon the particularities of God and how this great God came and redeemed us out of Egypt and out of this impurity, this will arouse within us feeling that within every single person who thinks in this way and through the depths of their heart, feelings of love for God. And it, this will arouse a very intense feeling of love of God so that we'll want to cleave to God with our heart and with our soul as will be explained at length in its place. And so, again, this is a reference to the first section of Tanya, Tanya Likutea Marm, specifically chapters 46 and 49. So you can go back and review if you'd like, but this is the whole idea. So that it's this is a way that we can get to this level of love through our own capacities. So that's the end of the section for today. And tomorrow we're going to discuss how this love, this more basic kind of fundamental love, is something that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, tried to instill within every single Jew and how he was our teacher in this regard. He was our coach, quote unquote, you know, for, for this kind of love.
And with all of this in mind, we'll also discuss more practically speaking, like how to live in terms of our service of God uh, in this kind of beginner's mind mindset, what that what that really looks like, what that really um how that plays out, uh, not only for us, but even for tzaddikim, even for really righteous people who are far beyond our levels and who actually are able to tap into the more um, loftier levels of love and fear that come as a result of a reward. And it's not, you know, it's not something that they can, that we can really necessarily all achieve. Um, but so even for these really great tzaddikim, what that would look like for them to continuously cultivate and stay on a certain level within this beginner place of basic and fundamental keeping to the fundamentals keeping to the fundamentals of love and fear of basic love and fear of god so stay tuned for that and i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather avraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.